Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. During the Fill in the Blank series, Pastor Justin shares with us the keys to discovering our purpose. That's what we're starting today, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited to talk a little bit about the purpose of life. You like the purpose of life? Purpose of life is to be born, go to school, get a job, then die. That's why we're here. The school part's not fun, though, right? I hated taking tests growing up. And so the, the, the most wonderful time of the year for parents is the most awful time of the year for students because when school starts, it's fun. There can be some games, but it's all fun and games until there's tests. And I'll tell you what, I hate tests. I hate filling the blanks. Those are the worst. Multiple choice, true and false, I can handle because you got... 25% chance, 50% chance, fill in the blank, and I got no, fill in the blank, I got no chance. I got introduced to a thing in college, and it's called the blue book. That was the worst thing ever. There's no blanks. The whole book's blank. You got to fill it in yourself. Like, that is the most miserable thing. I remember CJ and I took an economics class together. Remember that? Yeah, and I remember um, taking the very first test I think he gave me like a negative 25. I, like, I don't even know how it's possible, but like, it was the first time I was experienced to anything blue book, economics. I think I learned more just by reading his questions on the test than I did in the previous like two months before. Like, there, what's a GD, GDP? Like, I don't, what is a GDP? I didn't even know a GDP existed, you know? I learned, I learned that a GDP existed from the test because it asked me what it was. And at that point, I had not even heard that before. Apparently, I was not paying attention. So fill in the blank, right? So I'm thinking fill in the blank when I think uh, roses are red, violets are, right? Sugar and spice and everything. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay. Um, So we can handle that. It's good when you know the answer, but what if you don't know the answer? And that's kind of the idea about this series. The series is all about filling in the blank. What is the purpose What is my purpose? What is the purpose of my life? What has God called me to? And so we're gonna talk about that over the next couple weeks. But what happens if you don't know the answer? So I've got a couple things here that I thought was pretty funny that I wanted to share with you when when it was obvious that they did not know the answer. So the first one is this. Write an example of a risk. This. I like how there's a red check there because they actually gave them credit for that apparently. So give an example of a risk. Yeah, that's a good example. All right, so change centimeters to meters. Oh, to change centimeters to meters, you take out the centi. <laughs> then you got meters, right? Come on, that's a good answer. How about this? Find X. Here it is. 
That's my kind of that's my kind of fill in the blank there. I think I got one more here. This is directions. Read. Okay, it doesn't matter. Problem solutions. Okay, read each of the problems and come up with a solution for each one. Problem: You fell on the playground and scratched your knee. Solution: Get up and deal with it. <laughs> Sounds like my dad. <laughs> Got to brush that off, son. Deal with it. So fill in the blank. So what happens if you don't know the answer? You could be like them and just write down anything and maybe find yourself lucky. But what happens? How do we, how did we discover the answer probably to one of the biggest questions that we ever face in life, which is what is my purpose? What has God called me to do? Sometimes I feel like I, I'm not living out my purpose. Sometimes I don't know what my purpose is. Now, probably some of you have asked that question at least one time in your life, and sometimes we ask that every single week of our lives. Am I living out what God has called me to do? I don't really know what my purpose is. How can I figure out what this is? Why do I feel like I'm not living within God's will or living within his, pur- his purpose that he's called me to? Very similar questions that I feel like many of us struggle with on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. So how can we work on this together? How can we fill in the blank? And so I want to walk through just a little bit of an introduction to you for the month and, uh, and then go from there. So I was thinking about one of the greatest verses that we, we go through, and I'm going to get to that in just a minute when it, when it comes to God's will. But when we're talking about God's will, I feel like sometimes we feel like we might slip out of God's will. Like we make a decision, and I've lived in this, in this, thought, in this, in this uh, thought process or in this train of mind before in my life where I thought, well, I've made a mistake. I don't know if I can go back. God's not going to use me anymore now that I have messed up. Well, how can God use me now because of this? There's been times in my life where I felt like I've messed up so bad that like, is it even worth going back? And, I, and, and if it's me, then I know that it's other people as well. Right? Can I, anybody? I've slipped and I'm not like the old lady or maybe I am like the old lady who, and I'm falling and I can't get up. I, I'm stuck here. So what do we do to crawl back out? Well, God has so much more for you than, than your mistakes. And we've talked about it here at Anchor Church before. We talked about grace and what, it underst- what we understand grace. And, and, and yes, there's grace to cover uh, our imperfections and, 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 and we should pursue and understand what grace is all about. But grace really simply is this, that, that in our imperfections, because we're not perfect, we're all sinners, as the Bible will tell us, and we probably all know this, that, that there, we all have our own little things that make us not perfect. In our imperfections, grace covers it all. So when we pursue perfection, we're pursuing who Jesus is, but it's his grace that covers our imperfections. So even when we are pursuing perfection, when we mess up, when we make a mistake, grace is gonna cover whatever we can't do, whatever we can't crawl out of. And so uh, I was thinking about um, just how sometimes we get on our own little journey in life. And, and if, if, if you've known me for very long, and I'm surprised I probably haven't talked about Back to the Future on stage at Anchor Church yet. I don't know if that's happened at all, but I, it might happen here tonight, right? Or it might happen right now for the first time. But there, there's, a, there's, different, there's different lives that we, we can live, right? And at one point, Doc Brown is explaining how 
Doc Brown's the crazy scientist. If I need to fill in some of that blank, I don't know. Hopefully I won't have to. But anyway, uh, and he says that, that sometimes when we make decisions or when things happen, there's an alternate, you know, this is a movie, there's an alternate path that we live on. And he's explaining how, how there's different times within the movie um, that there can be two, two different tra- trajectories of, of life living um, and how they slip between the two of them in, in, in Back to the Future Part Two. All right, so, and in that movie, there's different decisions lead to different outcomes. And that's, that's very true to how our life is. When we, when we make a decision, it can lead to a different outcome in our life. And sometimes I feel like we slip into a situation that we can't crawl out of. It's the place that I was just talking about where I feel like we can be sometimes and we think, man, I can't ever go back. God can't accept me now because of what happened here. Grace will cover that and he wants you. And when the Bible talks about perfection, it's talking about completion. It's not talking about us living out this actual perfection that Jesus lived out. It's understanding that in our pursuit of Jesus who was perfect, if we live our lives into completion, it is understanding that we are living within God's will. We are chasing after Jesus and in our faults, it's covered by grace. So we can pursue something in, in, this different, in, the, in the different paths that we take if we get to a place where we feel like we've, we've gone too far or we've made the biggest mistake in our life and we can't ever come back, God gets you back on track. And he can be if you pursue him. And I'm, I was thinking about this and I was just thinking about taking the wrong path and taking the wrong um, exit or, uh, and I was trying to think of how a real life situation. And on the University of Florida's campus, which I have a map here, there is, uh, there's sidewalks everywhere. It looks like a spider web. Walking in a spider web, leave a message and I'll call you back. Uh, that's no doubt right there. Um, but I remember my, I went here. This is, this is where I went to school every single day. And uh, I had to park way, like, I, truthfully be told, I had to like park way, like over, like if you went all the way over to that wall, I had to park over there. And that's my, my journey to Weimar Hall uh, started way back this way, and I would, uh, especially when I was new to campus, I would have to try to figure my way, and there'd be times that I'd be like down here, and I'm like, how did I end up down here when I should be like up here? And, and, but if you notice that there's like all these different lines all over the place, when the campus was originally laid out, there wasn't these sidewalks everywhere like this. Uh, people would get off path, and uh, because it was a little bit quicker to get from here to there, uh, instead of going this way and around, it was just, let's just cut across the grass. And so at some point, there's different paths that are created in the grass. And, uh, and then, you know, they would create a sidewalk. And I remember one time I would have to, I, I don't know where it was now, but I, I, would, I would be walking and it was quicker to get off my path to get into a place that was where I needed to go. And, um, and sometimes in life, we get off of paths and, uh, and it may be rocky, it may be a difficult journey. Um, it was not easy to, to, to walk because there's roots or whatever. And then sometimes what happens is in, in life, God will, if you're focused on him, will get you back on path to the point where they're, they're, they may one day be a sidewalk where you used to walk. Um, point of it is this, that sometimes when we step off our, our, what we think is our journey, God will get us there in, any, in one shape or form if we continue to pursue after him. If, if he is our prize, if he is our portion, if he is the one that we are chasing after, if he is the goal, at some point, he will get us back on that journey. And it, we may be walking off sidewalk, we may be detouring, we may be off the, the, the exit but he'll get us back to where we need to go and sometimes he'll pave the way to be able to get us there. 
And so uh, in Jeremiah chapter 29, we see uh, one of the most famous Bible verses. I don't know, is this, any, is this tattooed on anybody's back because it's their, it's their life verse? Uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it is, it is a lot of people's favorite life verse. This is, the, this is the verse that got me through the most difficult times in my life because I know that he has a plan for me because he tells me this in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. This is the Lord's declaration that I have a plan for you. Plans to, uh, for your welfare. Not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. That sounds so wonderful. You could read it like this. For I know that there are plans that I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration for me. He's got it out there for me. He's looking out for me. I love him. Jesus is after me. God is after me. He wants me to succeed. He wants me to prosper. He wants me to be the most successful person that there ever was. He has plans for my welfare. He has plans not for me to find disaster, to give me a future, to give me a hope. It's so encouraging. It's so Wonderful to hear this, and I think that's why it's so many people's life verse, but if we look at the context of where this verse even comes from, we'll understand that this is, there's a whole lot more to this verse than, than initially thought by when, when we read it. And so if we take a step back and look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse four, it says this. This is what the Lord of hosts this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says to all the exiles I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. And then he starts to go through this process, which eventually leads up to verse 11. But here's what's so important, that these, these people, all of Israel, this is who was, had high hopes of not disaster, but of, of a great future, says to all the exiles that I, this is God, deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. And it goes on to say that this is gonna be for 70 years. So here's, here's this, this major declaration to these people that I have a great plan for you, for your future. I have got hopes and dreams for you. You're in exile for 70 years. You're gonna be away from where you're supposed to be and it's gonna be a difficult journey and it's gonna be hard, but I've got, I've got great plans for you. So some of these people never even saw 70 years, keep in mind, some of these people never even saw what was talked about in verse 11. So when we think about this, this is this big declaration from the Lord that he's got great plans and he has something that is in store for them, a great future. And it can be said for all of us, but very specifically when it's mentioned in, in, in verse 11 here, it is towards the Israelites who are in exile, who are not where they want to be, There's a, they're in a difficult place in their life. But yet the Lord says that I have something special for you. And so we might find ourselves in a difficult place. We might find ourselves in a difficult time. We might be finding ourselves in just a, a moment in, in a blip in time where it may be difficult now, but it may not necessarily be difficult where we've been exiled for 70 years. But when we read this, it's important to understand that God was the one who put these people into a place of exile. He deported them from Jerusalem, took them out of where they were supposed to be because he had great plans for them. 
So when we look at this for our lives, we can understand that we may be going through something difficult, and yes, he may have something special for us, but what's important is that we would understand who he is. When we understand who he is, that's so, more, it's so much more important than understanding what he has for us. I heard it said before that we might be, uh, we might make a mistake and we might be um, uh, out, of his, out of his will per se. We might think that we have gone so far uh, where, we, where we think that we've broken his will and he, we can't ever get back. But you may be able to break his heart, but you're not gonna be able to break his will. And so it's important for us to understand that in this journey and in this process of knowing what potentially could be God's will for our life, he wants, to know, he wants you to know who he is. God wants you to know him more than he wants you to know his will. He wants you to know him more than he wants you to know his will. And so sometimes it may not make sense. The Israelites are, have been deported from their land. They're in exile. They're far away from where they need to be. God has given them specific instructions about raising gardens and doing this and, and, and living for him. They might not necessarily not know why. Why is this happening to me? We've probably all asked that question of ourselves in our lives ourselves where we've said, why is this happening to me? This is not fair. Why is God doing this to me? Sometimes we just don't know. But what we can know is that God has a plan and a purpose for our life. And he's more interested in getting to know you or you getting to know him than he is of you understanding what your will is going to be. So what I'm telling you is to just pursue after him. Chase him. Because we need him every minute. We need him every hour. We need him every single day of our life. And if you are not pursuing him in this way, then you're missing out on what potentially is the biggest thing that you could ever understand, which is the Lord. You need to know who God is before you can understand what he is going to do in your life. And we see this in the New Testament. We see in Matthew chapter 16, we see one of these, uh, this, this question brought up and, and, and it's with Jesus and the disciples. And it comes in verse 13. And this is in my Bible, it's titled this, Peter's Confession of the Messiah. And it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? Now, this is Jesus asking this question. He's not necessarily saying, hey, what is everybody saying about me? I'm, I'm, I'm like paranoid about what people want, are, are saying or, or all that. No, that's, what he's saying here is he's really, he's really just testing them. He wants to know, it's like a setup. Jesus lofts up softballs all the time, and this is one of them right here. He says, uh, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? In vor verse 14, and this is what they said. They said, some say that, that, that uh, the Son of Man is John the Baptist, because, again, John the Baptist was like the biggest celebrity of the time. Others say it was Elijah, an old school celebrity from the Old Testament who lived many generations before. Again, who do people say that the Son of Man is? It's John the Baptist or Elijah. Others say Jeremiah, who we just read about, or one of the other prophets. And Jesus says this, he says, but you, as he asked them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus responded, Simon, son of Jonah, 
You are blessed because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my, fill in the blank, church. And the forces of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. And he gave the disciples orders to tell no one that he was the Messiah. So here's what happens. Jesus is with his disciples and he's spending all this time with them. And his time is kind of wrapping up at this point. He spent a good while walking with these disciples, talking with them doing miracles with them, helping them understand who he is. And he challenges him, challenges all of them with this thought. Well, hey, who do people say is the son of God? And they start labeling all these different people that are famous. And he says, well, hey, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter is the one that speaks up and he says, well, hey, you're the Messiah. You're the son of God. Simon Peter knows who Jesus is. He's more interested in understanding who he is. He's focused on who he is. He's labeling for who he is. He is spending his time with him, does not know what's going on. Peter, if we read about him time and time again, he's making mistakes. He doesn't know what's always going on. But in this moment, from his time that he's spent with Jesus, he knows that he's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. So he calls Jesus out for who he is. This is the first moment where Jesus actually acknowledges the fact that he is the Messiah. He is the son of God. So Peter goes to him and says, hey, that's who you are. I know you, I see you, and I understand who you are. See, again, he might not know his will, he might not know his purpose, but what he does know is who the Messiah is because he's been spending time and he's chased after who he is. And we can all do the same and understand that when we pursue Jesus and begin to understand what a relationship with him that is constantly wanting to know more about who he is and understanding why he was here on earth and understanding the character and everything involved with what our God is all about, we will begin to know and understand what our purpose and our plan and our will is, but it falls after understanding who our God is. And so what we see here is that Peter calls him out for who he is. Jesus acknowledges and says, yes, you are right, and here's what happens. Here's what happens when we read it in scripture. Simon, son of Jonah, right? He says, I know who you are. You are blessed because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. I know that this was not revealed to you by anybody else because it has not been declared by anybody else before. But I, did, I know that flesh and blood, I know that another person did not reveal this to you, but I know that my Father in heaven was the one that revealed it to you because you have been pursuing and you've been chasing and you've been following after me. And I also say that you are Peter. Remember, his name originally was Simon. Jesus renames him as Peter. He tells him who Simon Peter is. He says, you are Peter. And on this rock, notice what's happening here, I will build my church. And the forces of Hades will not overpower it. So what's happening here? Peter says, you are the Messiah. I know who you are. I'm chasing after you, and I want to discover more of who you are. We've covered that. But here's what's happening now. Jesus is now telling Peter what his will is for his life. 
Jesus is now telling Peter what his purpose is for his life. He's acknowledged that Jesus is who he is and he's discovered that and now Jesus is saying he's filling in the blank. You are Peter. Not only are you Peter, but on this rock I will build my church and the forces of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. Jesus has given them the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He said, here's your purpose. Because of the fact that you have revealed who I am in your life, here's what's open for you. Here's your fill in the blank. So the biggest thing I can tell you right now that you can walk away here with today is chase after Jesus. Chase after him, whatever it takes to be close to him. We can pursue a lot of things in this life. We can pursue a lot of, uh, of, uh, of material things. We can pursue a lot of relationships, but the number one relationship and the number one thing that you can pursue is a relationship with Jesus, and it should be daily. Because there's a lot of forces out there, there's forces of evil that will sink in, that will try to destroy your relationship with Jesus, that will tell you a whole lot about who you are. The number one thing that the enemy will do to you on a daily basis is try to re-identify who you are. Jesus will tell you that you are so much more. You are a creation. You are in me. You are a, you are a beautiful creature. You are a beautiful creation. And I have a plan and I have a purpose for your life. I have hopes and I have all these things for you. But the enemy will come in whenever you give him an opportunity and will tell you who you are. You are insignificant. You are not great. You are not capable of anything. You are not the person that you think that you are. And we allow that to happen every single day. But Jesus will tell you so much greater things than that if you chase it and you pursue after him. So your fill in the blank to be able to understand who you're filling the blank, what your purpose and your position in life is to just follow him daily. Jesus will take, tell us to take up our cross daily and follow him because he knows that the enemy is out there like a thief to kill, steal, and destroy your life, your ambitions, your purpose, your dreams, but there's so much more greater when we pursue Jesus. It's not easy, but it's easier to walk on a path that has been created for you because you're following the one than it is to find your way back some way, somehow. It's possible but Jesus is wanting to pave that way for you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.